71. G patients at their homes, without requiring them to undergo personal examinations, we reason that the physician has abundant opportunity to accurately determine the nature of most chronic diseases without ever seeing the patient. In substantiating that proposition, we cited the perfect accuracy with which scientists are enabled to deduce the most minute particulars in their several departments, which appears almost miraculous. If we view the subject in the light of the early ages, take, for example, the electromagnetic telegraph, the greatest invention of the age, is it not a marvelous degree of accuracy which enables an operator to exactly locate a fracture in a submarine cable nearly 3,000 miles long? Our venerable clerk of the weather has become so thoroughly familiar with the most wayward elements of nature that he can accurately predict their movements. He can sit in Washington and foretell what the weather will be in Florida or New York, as well as if hundreds of miles did not intervene between him and the places named, and so in all departments of modern science, what is required is the knowledge of certain signs. From these, scientists deduce accurate conclusions regardless of distance. A few fossils sent to the expert geologist enables him to accurately determine the rock formation from which they were taken. He can describe it to you as perfectly as if a cleft of it were lying on his table. So also the chemist can determine the constitution of the sun as accurately as if that luminary were not 95 million miles from his laboratory. The sun sends certain signs over the infinitude of space, which the chemist classifies by passing them through the spectroscope. Only the presence of certain substances could produce these solar signs. So, also, in medical science, disease has certain unmistakable signs, or symptoms, and, by reason of this fact, we have been enabled to originate and perfect a system of determining with the greatest accuracy the nature of chronic diseases without seeing and personally examining our patients. In recognizing diseases without a personal examination of the patient, we claim to possess no miraculous powers. We obtain our knowledge of the patient's disease by the practical application of well-established principles of modern science to the practice of medicine, and it is to the accuracy with which this system has endowed us that we owe our almost worldwide reputation for the skillful treatment of all lingering, or chronic, affections. The system of practice, with the marvelous success which has been attained through it, demonstrates the fact that diseases display certain phenomena, which, being subjected to scientific analysis, furnish abundant and unmistakable data to guide the judgment of the skillful practitioner right in determining the nature of diseased conditions. So successful has been this method of treating patients at a distance that there is scarcely a city or a village in the United States that is not represented by one or more cases upon the records of practice at the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute. In all chronic diseases that are curable by medical treatment, it is only in very rare cases that we cannot do as well for the patient while he or she remains at home, as if here in person to be examined, but we annually treat hundreds of cases requiring surgical operations and careful after treatment, and in these cases our invalid's hotel, or home, is indispensable. Here the patient has the services not only of the most skillful surgeons, but also, what is quite as necessary in the after treatment, of thoroughly trained and skilled nurses. What should be the essential characteristics of an invalid's home? Climate. Obviously, the most important of these characteristics is climate. Climatology, from being a mere speculative theory, has arisen to the deserved rank of a science. The influence of the climate of a country on the national character has long been observed and acknowledged. The languid but passionate temperaments of the South are like its volcanoes, now quiet and silent, and on bursting forth with terrible activity. 
flooding entire cities with molten fire, or, like its skies, now sunny, cloudless, and our hands convulsed with lightnings and deluging the earth with passionate rain, or like its winds, today soft, balmy, with healing on their wings, tonight the wind fiend, the destroying simoon, rushing through the land, withering and scorching every flower and blade of herbage on its way. On the other hand, the calm, phlegmatic temperament of the north accords well with her silent mountains, her serener skies, and her less vehement, but chilling winds. The south, too, is the native home of the most violent acute diseases, such as yellow fever and cholera. But, aside from this general climatic influence, there is the yet more restricted one of locality. It has often been observed that certain classes of diseases are most prevalent in certain localities, the prevalence in every instance being due to peculiarities of climate, extreme healthfulness of buffalo, in the published records of the examination for military service in the army, during our late civil war, this fact was clearly and definitely stated, and maps were prepared and presented showing the comparative prevalence of certain diseases in the several states and districts represented. The maps are prepared by a graduation of color, the lighter shades indicating the localities where the special disease under consideration is least prevalent, and it is a very significant and important fact that in all chronic diseases not due to occupation or accident, Buffalo and its immediate vicinity is marked by the lighter shades, thus, in epilepsy, paralysis, scrofula, rheumatism, and consumption, our city is little more than tinted with the several colors used to denote these diseases. There is a popular, but unfounded, belief that buffalo is a hotbed for pulmonary diseases. This idea could have originated only in an ignorant disregard of facts, for medical statistics prove that in her freedom from this class of diseases she is unrivaled by any city in America, not excepting those on the seaboard. Evidence of health statistics. Compare, if you please, the statistics of buffalo with those of the great eastern cities in this respect. In Boston and New York the death rate from consumption shows a ratio of about 1 to 5 of the whole number of deaths. In Baltimore and Philadelphia the ratio is 1 to 6. While in Buffalo the death rate from consumption is only 1 to 10 very remarkable difference in favor of our city. Only last summer a gentleman residing in the eastern part of our state collected and compared the health statistics for 1876 of all the prominent cities in the United States. The results show that Buffalo outranks all in healthfulness. A great deal of precious breath has been expended in blustering about Buffalo's efforts, as our delightful lake breezes are sometimes ironically termed. It seems to be a popular belief among our sister cities that old Boreas has chosen Buffalo for his headquarters. When we hear a person dilating upon Buffalo's terrific winds, we are reminded of one of our lady acquaintances who recently returned from a European tour. She was asked how she enjoyed her sea voyage, and she replied, Oh. It was delightful, really charming. There is something so grand about the sea. We were not a little surprised at this enthusiastic outburst, as we had been told by a member of her party that the lady had industriously vomited her away to Hamburg and back again. But the lady's enthusiasm was easily explained. It is fashionable to characterize sea voyages as delightful, charming, etc. Now, we suspect this popular notion about our trying winds is traceable to the same source. It has become customary to call Buffalo a windy place, and so, when the traveler feels a slight lake breeze, he imagines it to be a terrific gale. Whatever may have originated this notion, certain it is that it is utterly, undeniably false, and, in making this denial, we are not alone dependent upon observation, but upon the facts of science. 
the issue of July 18, 1874, of the Buffalo Commercial Advertiser, contained a series of tables, furnished by the Signal Service Bureau, showing the velocity of the wind at 11 prominent cities for the year 1873. An examination of the table shows that the total velocity for the year was the lowest in Buffalo of any of the lake ports, while Philadelphia and New York showed far higher aggregates of velocity than our city. On this subject, in the issue of August 21st of the same year, the editor pleasantly remarks, only the interior and southern seaboard cities, and not many of them, show a lower total velocity of wind than is marked against this city, and as for those places, Heaven help their unfortunate inhabitants in the sultry nights of the summer season, when they are gasping in vain for a breath of that pure, cool lake air, which brings refreshing slumbers to the people of blessed, breezy buffalo, equability of climate. Then, in regard to equability of climate, the great desideratum for invalids in any locality, here again sentiment and science are greatly at variance. An examination of the official records of the Signal Service Bureau and the statistics of the Smithsonian Institute, showed that out of a list of 40 cities on the continent Buffalo ranked highest for equability of climate. Thus we quote from an editorial in the advertiser of the same issue, while the aggregate of change for Buffalo stood at 67 for the year, that of Philadelphia reached 204, Washington was 224, Cincinnati 205, St. Louis 171, Winchester, in one of the healthiest parts of Virginia, reached as high as 201, Aiken, in South Carolina, a famous resort for invalids, touched 220, St. Augustine, one of the lowest in the list, showed a much less equable climate than that of Buffalo, being 94 to our 67, the transition from summer to winter, and vice versa, is exceedingly gradual, and, consequently, Buffalonians are seldom afflicted with those epidemic diseases which generally appear in other localities during the spring and summer months. Thus the thermometric readings of the Signal Service Bureau for 1873 show that the average temperature for July and August was 74 degrees. For September it was about 64 degrees which was again reduced by about 10 degrees for October. The monthly average for November was 73 degrees and for December 25 degrees which was also the average for January. Then the readings for February showed an average of 26 degrees for March 32 degrees and 43 degrees for April. A more equable and gradual transition from midsummer heat to midwinter cold cannot be shown by any locality on this continent. Seldom does the mercury rise above 90 during our warmest summers, or fall below zero in our most severe winters. In J. Disternal's work, entitled, The Influence of Climate in North and South America, published by Van Nostrand, in 1867, the climate of Buffalo is thus characterized, from certain natural causes, no doubt produced by the waters of Lake Erie, the winters are less severe, the summers less hot, the temperature night and day more equable, and the transition from heat to cold less rapid, in Buffalo than in any other locality within the temperate zone of the United States. As will be seen by the following table, the table referred to shows that, during the summer months, the temperature of Buffalo is from 10 degrees to 20 degrees cooler than that of any other point east, south, or west of the ports on Lake Erie, while the refreshing and invigorating lake breeze is felt night and day. The author further adds that, during the winter months the thermometer rarely indicates zero, and the mean temperature for January, 1858, was 20 degrees above. A careful investigation into the comparative climate of the several great social and commercial centers, 
prove buffalo to be superior to all others in the climatic requirements for the invalid. Besides, it has the important advantage of being a central point of traffic and travel between the west and the east. Advantages of location. The second important consideration in projecting this home for invalids was location. It has generally been customary to locate institutions of this character in rural districts, removed from the advantages of city life, on the plea of escaping the confusion and excitement so detrimental to a recovery. The result is well known. Invalids have regarded them more as pleasure resorts than health resorts, spending the summer months there, but fleeing to their homes at the fall of the first snowflake. The good that was done in the summer is undone by carelessness and exposure in the winter. A location that would combine both city advantages and rural pleasures, seemed to us, upon reflection, to be the desirable one. Fortunately, Buffalo afforded the happy mean, our extensive parks, our unsurpassed facilities for yachting, fishing, and all aquatic sports, our many sylvan lake and river retreats, our world-famed Niagara. Certainly a more desirable selection of rural scenes and pleasures cannot be found in another locality in America. A genuine home. In erecting the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute, our paramount design was to make it a genuine home not a hospital home where the child of fortune would miss none of the comforts of her palatial home, while the poor man would find not only health but his pleasures multiplied a thousandfold, our terms moderate, the wholesale merchant's prices are far less than those of the retail dealer, he can afford it, his sales are so much larger. It is on precisely the same principle that we are able to make the rates at the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute comparatively low. If we had only a limited number of patients, we should be obliged to make the charges commensurate with our expenses, but our practice having become very extensive, and the income being correspondingly large, we are enabled to make the rates at the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute so moderate that all who desire can avail themselves of its medical, surgical, and hygienic advantages, facilities for treatment, of the many advantages afforded by the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute, in treating disease, we can make only brief mention of a few of the more prominent, division of labor, in the examination and treatment of patients, our practice is divided into specialties, each member of the faculty, although educated to practice in all departments of medicine and surgery, is here assigned to a special department only, to which he devotes his entire time, study and attention, advantages of specialties, the division of labor system proves as effectual in the exercise of the professions as in manufactures, in the legal profession this has long been a recognized fact, one lawyer devotes his attention specially to criminal law, and distinguishes himself in that department, another develops a special faculty for unraveling knotty questions in matters of real estate, and, if a title is to be proved, or a deed annulled, he is the preferred counselor, in a certain manner, too. This has long been practiced by the medical profession. Thus some physicians and we may add physicians who call themselves regular, and are specially caustic in their denunciation of advertising doctors, are accustomed to distribute cards among their patrons, certifying that they give special attention to diseases of women and children. In this institution each physician and surgeon is assigned a special department of medicine or surgery. By constant study and attention to his department, each has become a skillful specialist, readily detecting every phase and complication of the diseases referred to him. Not only is superior skill thus attained, but also rapidity and accuracy in diagnosis, thoroughness and efficiency in any branch of learning can be secured only by devoting to it special study and attention.
when the faculty of a university is to be chosen, how are its members selected? For instance, how is the chair of astronomy filled? Do they choose the man who is celebrated for his general scholastic attainments? Or do they not rather confer it upon one who is known to have devoted special attention and study to the science of astronomy? And island therefore, especially qualified to explain its theories and principles, thus all the several chairs are filled by gentlemen whose general scholarship not only is known to be of the highest standard, but who devote special attention to the departments assigned them, thus becoming proficient specialists therein. The same system of specialties is observed in the departments of a medical college. The professor who would assume to a lecture in all the departments with equal ease and proficiency would be severely ridiculed by his colleagues, and yet it is just as absurd to suppose that the general practitioner can keep himself informed of the many new methods of treatment that are being constantly devised and adopted in the several departments of medicine and surgery. Progress in medicine. In no other science is more rapid and real progress being made at the present time than in that of medicine. Even the specialist must be studious and earnest in his work to keep himself well and accurately informed of the progress made in his department. Thus it so often happens that the general practitioner pursues old methods of treatment which science has long since replaced with others, acknowledged to be superior. The specialist, on the contrary, by confining his studies and researches to one class of diseases only, is enabled to inform himself thoroughly and accurately on all the improvements made in the methods and means of practice in his special department. The difference between the practice of specialists and that of general practitioners is aptly illustrated by the difference between the old-fashioned district school, in which the schoolmaster taught all the branches, from the abs to the solution of unknown quantities and the charmed mysteries of philosophy, and the modern seminary, with its efficient core of teachers each devoting his or her whole attention to the study and teaching of one special department of learning. We attribute the success which has attended the practice at the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute, in a great measure, to a wise adoption of this system of specialties. Advantages offered to invalids, obviously, the most important of these advantages is facility of treatment. Of the thousands whom we have cured of chronic diseases, we have probably not seen one in five hundred having accomplished the desired result through remedies sent either by mail or express, and advice given by letter, yet in some obstinate forms of disease, we can here bring to bear remedial means not to be found or applied elsewhere, that thousands of cases of chronic disease, pronounced incurable, have, by our rational and scientific treatment, been restored to perfect health, is conclusively proved by the records of practice at the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute, here, in obstinate cases, are brought to bear all the most scientific remedial appliances and methods of treatment, a system of mechanical movements, passive exercises, manipulations, kneadings and rubbings, administered by a large variety of ingeniously contrived machinery, driven by stream power, has been found especially efficacious and valuable, as an aid to medical and surgical treatment, in the cure of obstinate cases of nervous and sick headache, constipation, paralysis, or palsy, stiffened joints, crooked and withered limbs, spinal curvature, tumors, diseases of women, especially displacements of the uterus, or womb, such as prolapsus, retroversion and antiversion, chronic inflammation, enlargement and ulceration of the uterus, and kindred affections, also in nervous stability, sleeplessness, and other chronic diseases, mechanical power, or force, is by these machines transmitted to the system in which it is transformed into vital energy and physical power or strength. This mechanical, 
passive exercise, or movement cure treatment, differs widely from, and should not be confounded with, Swedish movements, to which it is far superior in efficacy, coupled with our improved and wonderful system of vitalization treatment, it affords the most perfect system of physical training and development ever devised, for the restoration of power to a wasted, and developed, or weakened organs or parts, for their enlargement. This combined movement and vitalization treatment is unequaled. It can be applied to strengthen or enlarge any organ or part. We also employ both dynamic and static electricity, Franklinism and electrolysis, and chemical, Turkish and other baths, in all cases in which they are indicated. Inhalations, administered by means of the most approved apparatus, are employed with advantage in many obstinate lying, bronchial, and throat affections. We have no hobby or one idea system of treatment, no good remedial means being overlooked or neglected. Illustration, a glimpse of some of the rooms for the application of electricity, mechanical massage, vitalization treatment, and other agencies prescribed by our staff, furnishing a perfect system of physical and remedial training, carefully adapted to the wants of the most delicate and feeble, as well as to the more robust, affair and business-like offered to the afflicted. Reader, are you accustomed to think and act for yourself? Do you consult your own reason and best interests? If so, then do not heed the counsel of skeptical and prejudiced friends, or jealous physicians, but listen to what we have to say. You perhaps know nothing of us, or our systems of treatment, or of the business methods we employ. You may imagine, but you know nothing, perhaps, of our facilities and advantages for performing cures in cases beyond the reach or aid of the general practitioner. Knowing nothing, then, of all these advantages, you still know as much as the would-be friend or physician who never loses an opportunity to traduce and misrepresent us, and prejudice the afflicted against us. Now to the point are you listening? Then permit us to state that we have the largest, the best, and the finest buildings of any like association, company, or firm in this country. We employ more and better medical and surgical specialists in our Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute than any similar association, company, or individual and actually have more capital invested. We have a thoroughly qualified and eminent specialist for every disease that we treat. We treat more cases, and absolutely cure more patients than any similar institution in America. In addition to those we treat medically, we perform all the most difficult surgical operations known to the most eminent surgeons, and so frequently do many of these operations occur with us that some of our specialists have become the most expert and skillful surgeons on this continent. We wish to add further that we are responsible to you for what we represent, we therefore ask you to come and visit our institutions, and, if you find on investigation that we have misstated or misrepresented in any particular our institutions, our advantages, or our success in curing chronic diseases, we will gladly and promptly refund to you all the expenses of your trip. We court honest, sincere investigation and are glad and anxious to show interested people what we can do and are daily doing for suffering humanity. Can a proposition be plainer? Can an offer be more fair and businesslike? If, therefore, you are afflicted, and are seeking relief, come where genuine ability is a ruling feature, where success is our watchword and the alleviation of human suffering our mission, whether arriving in our city by day or night, come directly to the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute. 663 Main Street, where you will be hospitably received and well cared for. Address all correspondents to a world's dispensary medical association.
663 Main Street, Buffalo, NY Successful Treatment of Chronic OR Lingering Diseases. For many years the founder of the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute and World's Dispensary has devoted himself very closely to the investigation and treatment of chronic diseases. Some few specifics have, during this time, been developed for certain forms of chronic ailments, and given to the public, but they have not been lauded as cure-alls, or panaceas, but only recommended as remedies for certain well-defined and easily recognized forms of disease. These medicines are sold through druggists very largely, and have earned great celebrity for their many cures. So far from claiming that these proprietary medicines will cure all diseases, their manufacturers advise the afflicted that, in many complicated and delicate chronic affections, they are not sufficient to meet the wants of the case. These must have special consideration and treatment by a competent physician and surgeon. The medicines and other remedial means required being selected and prepared with reference to each particular case, in order to be able to offer those afflicted with chronic ailments the most skillful medical and surgical services, Dr. Pierce, many years ago, associated with himself several eminent physicians and surgeons, as the faculty of the old and renowned world's dispensary, the consulting department of which is now merged with the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute, Division of Labor in the organization of the medical and surgical staff of the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute. Several years ago, we assigned to one physician the examination and treatment of diseases of the nervous system, to another, surgical operations and the treatment of surgical diseases, a third-hand charge of catarrhal and pulmonary diseases and affections of the heart, a fourth attended to diseases peculiar to a woman, a fifth, to diseases of the eye and ear, a sixth, to diseases of the digestive organs, a seventh, to special surgical cases, to another we entrusted diseases of the urogenital organs, and to others, various other specialties. Now that our practice has become so very extensive as to require for its conduct a greatly increased number of physicians and surgeons, thus for physicians and surgeons devote their undivided attention to the examination and treatment of diseases of the urinary and generative organs of men. Three physicians give their sole attention to diseases peculiar to a woman and three to those of the nasal organs, throat and chest, embracing all chronic diseases of the respiratory organs. Thus we had a full council of three and four physicians in these several specialties. In several other divisions we have two specialists. No case is slighted either in the examination or in the treatment. All doubtful, obscure or difficult cases are submitted to a council composed of several physicians and surgeons. Skilled pharmaceutists are employed to compound the medicines prescribed, for the purpose of enabling us to conduct our extensive correspondence for we have an extensive practice in every part of the United States and Canada, as well as in Great Britain from our London branch. Graphoponies are employed, to which replies are dictated, recording the words of the speaker. Afterwards the letters are written out in full, generally on a typewriting machine, which prints them in a plain, legible style. These machines are operated as rapidly as a person can think of the letters which compose a word, each operator thus accomplishing the work of several copyists. The system, by which we are enabled to correspond with our patients as rapidly as we can talk, has been rendered necessary by the growth of our business, which has attained immense proportions, giving rise to so large a correspondence that a dozen physicians cannot possibly conduct it all and give each patient's case careful attention. Without the employment of graphoponies and all other facilities which modern invention has given us, by the adoption of these various means, we are enabled to fully meet the demands of the afflicted.
and give every case the most careful attention, as many persons, particularly young ladies and gentlemen, having guitar or almost any other chronic disease, especially if of the urogenital organs, are very sensitive and fearful that somebody will know that they are afflicted and employing medical treatment. Precautions are taken that none who consult us may incur the least risk of exposure, although none but the most honorable and trustworthy gentlemen are employed as assistants, yet as a guarantee of perfect security to our patients, that every communication, whether made in person or by letter, will be treated as sacredly confidential. Each professional associate, clerk, or assistant, is required to take a solemn oath of secrecy. Great care is also taken to send all letters and medicines carefully sealed in plain envelopes and packages, so that no one can even suspect the contents or by whom they are sent. Advantages of Specialties By thorough organization and a perfect system of subdividing the practice of medicine and surgery in this institution, every invalid consulting us is treated by a specialist one who devotes his undivided attention to the particular class of diseases to which his or her case belongs. The advantage of this arrangement must be obvious. Medical science offers a vast field for investigation, and no physician can, within the limit of a single lifetime, achieve the highest degree of success in the treatment of every malady incident to humanity. A distinguished professor in the medical department of one of our universities, in an address to the graduating class, recently said, Some professional men seem to be ashamed unless they had the character of universal knowledge. He who falls into the error of studying everything will be certain to know nothing well. Every man must have a good foundation. He must, in the first place, be a good general practitioner. But the field has become too large to be cultivated in its entirety by any individual, hence the advantage of cultivating special studies in large towns, which admit of the subdivision of professional pursuits. It is no longer possible to know everything, something must be wisely left unknown. Indeed, a physician if he would know anything well must be content to be profoundly ignorant of many things, he must select something for special study, and pursue it with devotion and diligence, this course will lead to success, while the attempt to do everything eventuates unavoidably in failure, let there be single hands for special duties, our institution is the only one in this country in which these common sense ideas are thoroughly carried out. The diversified tastes and talents of physicians cause each to excel in treating some one class of diseases, to which he devote.